What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure that you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at thepewterplank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. Usually David and I bring you a uh, an episode every Wednesday and every Friday, but I made a lot of people on the internet very angry this weekend, so David and I decided we were going to go ahead and jump on and kind of explain uh, explain what was going on over at thepewterplank.com. When I wrote that trading Cameron Brait would not be the worst thing in the world, and apparently it is, um, if people knew my home address, they would be showing up with torches and pitchforks. <laughs> um, but you know, it was simply a, a, a article, and, and people like to react to headlines. And, and what you have to understand with headlines is you can't write the whole thing in the headline. We're limited in our characters. So it, it's not clickbait per se, but you can't tell the whole story in, in 50 characters. So right. David and I decided to jump on, and we're going to discuss this whole Cambrate situation that I have concocted in a pure hypothetical, but we're going to do so by bringing in a guest, you all know him and you love him, from the Pewtercast, a uh, a wonderful Buccaneers podcast, our good buddy, Brent Allen. Brent, how you doing? Doing good, guys. Really glad to, to jump in here, and I know nothing about writing articles that people only read the headline and decide to comment on, so this should be a fun conversation tonight. Yeah, yeah, Brent got to uh, got to deal with that a little bit when he wrote a piece about the offensive line where people read the headline and immediately he's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's talking about and <laughs> and I've had much of the same reaction. I had somebody come at me on Twitter and and you know, tell me that I I was a not so politically correct name and I said, "Oh, it looks like somebody didn't read the article." And he responded back with, "You're right, I didn't." It's like, "Well, <laughs> then you don't know what you're responding to." Right. Uh, but yeah, the basic premise was that I don't see that it is financially viable for the Buccaneers to be able to sign Cam Brate to a long-term contract with the other contracts that are going to be coming up. Jameis Winston is going to be a massive contract. You have Mike Evans who needs to be extended. Ali Marpet, potentially Donovan Smith. You have um, you know these incoming free agents. You have Quan Alexander that you have to pay. You have incoming rookie classes. Cameron Braid is going to command, like it or not, a lot of money on the free agent market. He led the NFL in touchdowns by a tight end two seasons ago. He was top five in 2017 in touchdowns by a tight end. He's a wonderful red zone threat. I love Cam Braid. I love that he's on the Buccaneers. I love the chemistry that he has with Jameis Winston. I'm just trying to be realistic. The fact is the Buccaneers have a lot of players that they have to re-sign. They have a lot of players that they have to go out and get in free agency, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have a rookie class that they're going to have to pay. And at the end of the day, the money that Camp Raid is going to command on the open market is not something the Buccaneers can afford to pay long term. Do you want to keep Cameron Braid or do you want to keep Quan Alexander? Do you want to keep Cam Braid or do you want to keep Ali Marpet? These are decisions that have to be made by Jason Light in the front office. And I just don't see it as a viable option. So I said that it would not be the worst thing in the world for the Buccaneers to trade Cambrate to a tight end needy team, the example that I used was the New England Patriots because of the rumors of Gronkowski retiring, but they're not the only team that needs a tight end. Green Bay needs a tight end and a pass-happy offense. San Francisco needs a tight end. You know, there are plenty of teams out there that would look at Cambrate and say, you know what, that's a legitimate, reliable threat for our quarterback, and we should go out and we should get him. 
So Brent, before we, we dive into David's game that he has set up for us that I have no idea what is coming. Um, you discussed it with us in, in the Pewter Plank group chat as, as you are a contributor over at the Pewter Plank and we appreciate what uh-huh. you do there. What is, what is your reaction? You said you had some things to say, but you didn't have the time to sit down and, and write it all out. So, so here's your platform. What is your initial reaction to the idea of the Buccaneers trading Cameron Bray? All right, so listen, I'm, I'm going to say something that uh, anyone who has any memory whatsoever of the late 80s is going to know what I'm talking about. And Trevor Sikama, if he's ever listening to this, probably has no idea what I'm about to talk about. Oh, no. But I'm going to say a name, and you guys are going to recognize it. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Yes. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He had, a, he had a phrase. He was a catchphrase, James. What was it? Everybody's got a price. Everybody's got a price. Now, I, I'm not going to use it in the same way that Ted DiBiase meant when he said it. But look, here's the deal. I've said this on the Pewtercast several times. The, the fact is, when you're a general manager or whatever, every single player on your team has to have a price. There mm-hmm. is no player that doesn't have a price. Now, that price might be stupid. That price might be ridiculous. But if ridiculous comes calling, you have to answer the door. And that, that goes for Gerald McCoy. That goes for Jameis Winston. That go, everybody is, 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 on the pro, is on the block for a certain price. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I had my season tickets. And that I had them for sale for a price. And that price was set at, here's how much somebody else is going to have to pay me to make me stay home that night and watch the Bucks on TV. And it was, it, like, it was stupid. Like, like <laughs> the Buccaneers probably would have taken my tickets away from me, apparently, because that's what they're doing these days. I don't understand it, but whatever. Uh, it, it just Listen, if somebody comes in with the right price for Cameron Brait, You've, and, and, and by the way, the, the price for Cameron Bray, as much as we all love him, as, as good as he is, that price is a lot lower than it is for Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that price is going to be a lot lower than it is for, uh, say, maybe uh, uh, I don't, definitely a Gerald. Well, I don't know. I, I don't, it's just a matter of who, you know, who's going to set the price, you know. And, and unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, neither you or I have to set that price. That's that's up to Jason Light and his crew there uh, to determine what the price for Cameron Braid is. But once they decide that, you know, that's the price. So, uh, you know, that's that's I think my whole thing about the Cameron Braid situation is, you know, there is a price. There is a price, and if somebody, you know, if somebody offers it or if somebody wants to beat us on the, the, the free agent market this year for the, what is it, the restricted free agent that he is? Yeah. You know, then that's just going to be what it is. Well, real quick before we dive into David's game, and hopefully I'm not, like, spoiling the game because he said there's a lot of math involved, so I don't think that I am. <laughs> if you heard a report that the Buccaneers are considering trading Cameron Bright to, uh, we'll say we'll say the Green Bay Packers. They, they're willing okay. to trade Cameron Bray to the Green Bay Packers for a third-round pick this year and a fifth-round pick next year. Would you take it? Uh, me? No, but I, I'm, a, I'm not a GM. I'm not an NFL GM, you know. Uh, I, I like Cameron Bray a lot, and Cameron Bray's going to be one of those more stupid uh, prices for me. 
Um, now, I think there are some other considerations into why you might consider moving a guy like Cameron Brait. Um, you know, we have O.J. Howard. Uh, if, you, if you had to pick between one of the two, one of the two has to go. Do you keep O.J. or do you keep Cameron? O.J. O.J. You keep O.J. You, you keep O.J. Okay. So, so that being said, Cameron Brait automatically is going to be on the chopping block, or at least he, he – not on the chopping block. That's not the right term. He, there is a, a viable way to part ways with him. He is not a, a necessity for this team to go forward. Uh, he's a really nice thing to make this team go forward. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know. Here's another thought that, that I've kind of been wondering. Now, I don't know, but I've been wondering. You know, the, the whole offseason was about weapons for Winston, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It, you know, and I'll, a few people have asked it, and I'll throw it out there. Is there such a thing as too many weapons? Yeah. You know, yes. is, there, is there such a thing as walking into Baskin Robbins and 31 flavors is just too much? It's too many to pick from. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I used to run a pizza restaurant, and I can tell you, there is a point when the pizza will not hold any more toppings. It's just too many. You, you, you know, you disturb the integrity of the. <clears throat> I, I, you know, Sorry I think we have a. I, I think we have a question about whether or not, uh, you know, Cambrate, uh, well, not just Cambrate, but the team as a whole, do we have too many? Because you have Mike Evans, you got Deshaun Jackson, now we have O.J. Howard and Cambrate. That's cool. But you throw in the amazing, like, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys. Um, you know, if we ever land a really good running back, then you've got that whole option as well. Um, you know, where are you going to go with it? So. Well, and and to your point, Brent, we saw shades of that last season when early on Jameis is trying to force feed everyone, get everyone their touches. And then as we start to see, you know, Cameron Brait went out with injury. Deshaun Jackson went out with injury and Jameis started playing better. He had fewer mouths Mm -hmm. to feed, so to speak, as far as the bigger Mm -hmm. names and the egos and the things like that. And he was more effective. He was putting up career highs in in certain categories. So, yeah, I do believe that there is a thing as – has too many weapons. Um, and, and, and and you go back two seasons ago when all we had was Mike Evans, Adam Humphreys, and Cam Bray. Right? right. That was it. That was the entire kitchen cupboard. And you know what? We did not horrible. I mean, we right. almost hit the playoffs with that group right there. Um, you know, now we start talking about, about cap casualties, and David, this might get into a little bit about what you're trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like Adam Humphreys might be a little bit closer to the, uh, to the, the cap casualty status. Than, than a Cam Brait might be. Um, yeah, I like I I love Adam Humphreys, but if I had to choose between Adam Humphreys and Cam Brait, I'm, I'm going to choose to keep Cam Brait. Sure. All right. Well, without further ado, David, I know you're chomping at the bit, buddy. I know you are. You are. You are way too excited about this. Let's go ahead and get into uh, David's uh, David's game of death here. That's probably going to kill us both, Brent. <laughs> No, it's it's a pretty simple it's a pretty simple premise. Basically, we're we're just going to we're gonna put all this talk into practice. You know what I mean? Okay. Because you and I talked about the Cameron Bray thing before you wrote the piece, um, so we kind of were on the same page when when you went to writing. Like when I read it this morning or this afternoon, I knew uh, I knew what was essentially going to be in there, and, and I knew that I already agreed with it because we had talked about it. We also both knew, uh, as you messaged me last night, that you were about to to catch a whole lot of flack for writing it. Oh yeah. Um, but again, you know the importance of of reading because 
you bookended it very nicely with I love Cameron Bray in the beginning and I love Cameron Bray in, in the end. And I think it's important to to, to re- reiterate that a little bit because all three of us here sitting here are saying we love Cameron Bray. Like Cameron Bray is a great member of this organization and, and we're all huge fans of him. But at the end of the day, when you look at the way the the, the dollars are going to balance, you know, be, simply being a fan is not necessarily enough to warrant keeping someone unless that player is such a fan of the team that he's willing to take a huge pay cut. And I, I wouldn't want him to do that. I don't think he's going to do that anyway. No, so, he's, he's earned the money that he's going to garner on the free agent market. Right, exactly. So basically, and he also I, has, guys, he also has some major student loans to pay back with that Harvard. Right. Education. <laughs> so. Yeah, you ain't so, so basically what I did is I put all the math together, right? And I kind of have my own projection sitting here in front of me. But we're going to kind of do this, uh, what, oh, what I call it earlier, pick your story, right? Remember those books where it's like on page three, it's like, do you grab oh, your own adventure? Uh, the yeah, goblet, or do you jump across the room and then you know turn to this page? We're gonna kind of do that. So, and uh, just for all the listeners out there, you know, uh, when I told James I wanted to do this, I instructed him. Well, I asked him to stop all research. I was like, don't don't look at anything, don't look at any players, don't look at any money, don't look at anything for the rest of the day until we do the podcast because I want this to be as authentic as possible. And you know, um, and you know what I did with that advice. You watch Stranger Things, right? Yes, I did. Three episodes of Stranger Things. I, <laughs> Which is I perfect. Was, That's exactly what I wanted you to do. I blocked I out all football. three sheets of math. Um, That's a lot of research time. It is. It's 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 a lot, but you know what? It's fun. Like I love I love doing it. So, um, all right, guys. So basically, uh, we'll 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 have you guys take turns on picking the path here. But so what we have here, we're, here's our start point. All right. Um, let's see. Brent, you're the guest. I'm gonna let you pick our starting point. We can either go with current 2018 projected numbers, which is $62.7 million available in cap space, or we can assume the team is going to release Doug Martin and Chris Baker, which would give them $74.4 million in starting money. Can I do an – oh, oh. Um, I'm going to say option B. Though okay. I I it, I do want to throw this caveat out there, and and people will have to listen to the newest episode of the Pewtercast coming out later tonight as we record this. So by the time anybody's listening to it, it should be out. Um, Chris Baker may not be a, a sure thing, and Ooh. and my co-host Ren and I discussed that on the newest episode of of the Pewtercast, and and why that might be. I think Doug Martin's a goner for sure. Uh, yeah. Chris Baker might not be. I'm not saying he should or shouldn't. I'm just saying he might not be. Uh, so we discussed that, but for the purposes of this exercise, let's go with B. Awesome. So for this exercise, we're, we're saying goodbye to Doug Martin, saying goodbye to Swaggy. Definitely going to catch that episode. I would definitely want to hear what you guys have to say about that. So definitely catch that. But for the purpose of this exercise, our starting money for 2018 is 74.4. And of course the NFL hasn't announced their, their salary cap yet for 2018. So these are all projected numbers, but they should be somewhat close, right? So we're starting at 74.4. So. The next decision, James, is going to be for you. Okay. Are we putting a first-round tender or a second-round tender on Cameron Brake? I think the Bucks would put a – I think they would put a second-round tender on him, although I think it should be a first. But we're going to go second. Okay, we're going to go second. So a second-round NFL tender in 2017, right, carried a $2.7 million price tag. 
2018s again. No, no 2018 numbers have been released yet. So these are all 2017 numbers uh, that we're working with here. But you can pretty much assume that all those numbers are going to go up in 2018. So we're really working with a low ball average here um, for what we're for what we're talking about. Okay, but we're going to go with 2.7 with the second a second round tag or uh, not tag, sorry tender, which now leaves the Buccaneers with 71.7 million dollars in salary cap space. All right. So now, Brent, the next decision is going to be yours. Is Cameron Bray going into 2018 playing with his tender, or is he being re-signed? Uh, Before the I season starts. Gonna be, I think he'll be re-signed. Okay. Um, so. pro- and I'm going to guess it's a one-year, maybe two-year deal. Okay, fantastic. So we're 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 placing the tender on him just because that's the business side of things, right? But in the meantime, before preseason, before camp, we're gonna get a deal done. So now, James, um, looking at his comparative players, right? He mm-hmm. compares very nicely when it comes to games played, catches, contri- contributions to the team, and all that with with two guys. Okay, Zach Ertz and Charles Clay. Now, Zach Ertz makes eight and a half million dollars per year on average, while Charles Clay makes seven and a half or seven point six million per year on average. So what kind of money are we looking at for Cameron Bray? If he sits within those two guys, what kind of money are you thinking we're looking at to give Cameron Bray per year? Try to make it a round number, please. I would split the difference and just say an even eight. Eight million dollars. You know what? I love you because that's already what I have projected. So eight million dollars <laughs> per year is what Cameron Bray's gonna get on average. Okay. Now listen, a little bit of a caveat to this because we don't have time to get in all this stuff. We all understand backloaded. We all understand front-loaded contracts. We all understand arced uh, payment situations. So I got it. Like someone's going to come back to this, but like, yeah, but they can just can give Cameron Bray two million dollars in the first year. I got that. Okay, but we're just talking averages here, just because we don't have four hours to do this. Um, as much as I could, I mean, I could easily do this for four hours, but uh, the Locked On Network would probably fire us. So <laughs> at eight million dollars per year on average. Um, coming for the, the, for the, the record, for the record, just uh, so you guys know, I think that's high, but okay. uh, it has to do with with Cam Brate's undrafted status. Yep. Um, I, I feel like that's high, but just for the record, I want that out there. But eight million dollars, let's go. Yep, so eight million dollars will put us at a 66.4 million dollar remaining cap space or cap number for 2018. All right, so the next thing we have to look at is. Let me get to my spot here. The 2019 salary cap. Now that's so that's all we're doing with the 2018. So that camera break situation is now figured out. We've got it all done. That's how easy it is. So hopefully, like someone get a copy of this Jason Light, because that's how that's how easy it is. Very simple, right? Um Madden like, math. That's your CSI version of how to be a general manager. Um so now transferring that to the 2019 salary cap. So Currently sitting, the Buccaneers are projected to have $94.3 million in salary cap space. Again, that's all our projections. None of those are official numbers, right? Without Martin and Baker, which is what, Brent, you said we're going to go with, right? The Buccaneers Mm -hmm. are sitting at $106 million in salary cap. Fantastic amount of salary cap, right? With Cameron Brate's extension, they're actually sitting at $108 million, which is amazing. Imagine that you extend one of your best players, you actually get two more million dollars. I'm not even going to get into all that because it confused the heck out of me when I typed it. But believe me, like a good hour of my day was spent figuring out that number and how that happened. But we actually gained $2 million in cap space with Cameron Bray earning $8 million a year, amazingly. So now we're on to Jameis Winston. Brent, Jameis Winston is or is not going to have his fifth-year option picked up? Yes, he will. 
I hope so. I really hope that's what you said because I didn't even write down the number. Like, if he doesn't, I didn't even go there. So hopefully, uh, yeah, that was an obvious choice, right? So in 2017, yeah. so for those who don't know, just a little bit of a side note, right? For So when, when a first-round player has their fifth-year option picked up, the price they get paid is that year's transition tag amount. It's not as much as the franchise tag, but the transition tag is still a hefty price. In 2017, for an NFL quarterback, $17.5 million was the number for a fifth-year option being picked up. Uh, for a quarterback, which is 17 and a half million. So if his if his uh, fifth year option gets picked up, which we all assume it will, um, now the Buccaneers are sitting at $90.5 million in cap space for 2019. Next up, Mike Evans, James. Are we re-signing Mike Evans? Yes. Okay, so let me throw some numbers at you. Antonio Brown makes $17 million a year on average in his current contract. DeAndre Hopkins makes $16.2 million a year in his current contract. And A.J. Green who, by the way, has a higher drop rate than Mike Evans, I wasn't aware of that until I did this, um, is making $15 million a year on average. So you tell me where you're, what you're paying Mike Evans based on those numbers. <laughs> Mike Evans Brent, is I gonna... promise you you're signing the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> Evans is going to end up with a average annual value. It's going to be higher than Antonio Brown, and I know that's going to make people cringe, but it's the truth. He's going to end up until Odell Beckham Jr. signs, he will end up the highest paid receiver because that's the way these things go. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 18, 18 and a half. Bro, go with 18. Okay, we'll go with 18. Because my math is already at 18. Absolutely beautiful. Mike oh. Evans, $18 million a year, drops our 2019 figure to 72 and a half million. Guys, I promise you, James did not see this before we started. I that is true. Uh, this is what happens when David and I have been doing this together for so long. Just like Brent and Ren know what each other are thinking all the time. It's it's gotten to that point with me and David. So so Brent, we're at $72.5 million right now in 2019. Next up is uh-huh. Ali Marpet. Um, are we re-signing Ali Marpet? The pride of Hobart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course absolutely. we are, right? Absolutely. And yeah. so as a center, Alex Mack makes eight $8.4 million on average in his current contract. Max Unger of the New Orleans Saints makes $6.4 million in his current contract. So given those numbers, where are you signing Ali at? Uh, that's assuming he stays as a center. Uh, yeah, which that's I a whole would, other conversation. I would. I would say that. Um, <laughs> yep. And that's a whole other conversation, but I would say that. Uh, Ali, uh, he was a third round or second round? Was second. Third. Was he second? Yeah, I think he was a second, second, round. second round pick. He was the third pick, was second, second, second round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with, you said it was around, let's say eight. Let's just give him the average eight. We okay. do nine. Let's do nine. Let's do nine. Nine. Nice. So you nine. went a million yeah. five higher than I did. Um, and I'm not gonna lie. I tried to stay somewhat conservative, which is funny because you said Cameron Bray was too high and I actually went conservative. So and let me, let me, uh, give me, you hear the clicks in the background. That's me adjusting my numbers, guys. Give me one that puts second. us in, at 63 and a half. So that 63.5 million. Yes, James, but now I have to alter my other numbers, too. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right, so, James, next re-sign is up for you. Quan Alexander, re-sign yes. or let him walk? Yes. Right. Why are you asking so, me that? Luke Keekley makes oh, $12.3 million a year on it. Listen, these are their statistical comparisons, okay? These are right. guys that they sit in the statistical categories near. Now, I understand right. stats don't tell everything, but that's what, what we're going off of. So, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Juan Alexander is statistically in the same category as Luke Keekley right now. There's, yes. there's like five categories, right? Yeah. And in there, he averages below him, but in the ballpark. Cool. Okay. Great. Yeah. 
Good to know. So, and by the way, shout out to spottrack.com. That's where I got all this information. Luke Keekley makes $12.3 million a year on average. Danny Trevathan of the mighty Chicago Bears makes $7 million a year on average. And I know some of you Bucks fans out there just said who, right? <laughs> so that dude makes $7 million a year. All right. So, James, where are we signing Quan at? Yikes. Uh, 11 and a half. 11 and a half. So we are at 63.5 minus 11.5. Leaves us with $52 million in our 2009 cap space, right? I have it 19. 19, sorry, 2019, not 2009. Um, so as of right now, with just those re-signings and Jameis Winston having his fifth-year option picked up, we are at $52 million in cap space. So we have burned half of our 2019 cap with just Cameron Bright, Jameis Winston, Quan Alexander, Mike Evans, and Ali Marpet. Money well spent, okay. right? But we've just burned That's half okay. our money. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I agree. I'm, I'm totally down with all those guys. So, Brent, mm-hmm. next decision is on you. Are we extending Jameis Winston before his option is up? Or are we letting yes. that ride? Okay. No. So here's we, some we more will, numbers. I think we'll extend him before him. Yeah. Fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty-seven and a half million annually. Derek mm-hmm. Carr, twenty-five million annually. Now Jimmy G is not a statistical mm-hmm. comparison. Jimmy G is up there just because of the money you just got, right? However, right. Derek Carr and Cam Newton are statistical comparisons. Twenty-five million for Carr, twenty point seven for Cam. So where are we putting James's number? It, if I if James I can is- jump in real quick, uh-huh. yeah. Keep in mind that. Every quarterback that signs is then the new highest paid player in the NFL. Yep. Yes. That's that's which the trend why, that we've now set. Which is which is why to help help David keep his numbers nice and round, I'm gonna say thirty million dollars a year. So we just dropped thirty more on Jameis. I had him remember I lowballed my numbers, right? I right. had him at twenty two, mm-hmm. which is actually even less than Jimmy G, which I knew wasn't gonna fly, but just to see if this exercise had yeah. any validity whatsoever, I lowballed yeah. myself. So that leaves us with $22 million. Okay. Yeah. And that's our final number. Now, listen, and this goes back to what James was saying. This goes back to what you were saying, Brent. We're at $22 million for 2019. Now, here's what we haven't paid yet. We haven't paid our 2018 first-round draft pick, which, again, we don't know the rookie wave scale yet. But in 2017, the seventh overall pick, wide receiver Mike Williams from San Diego Chargers, made four and a half million, is making $4.5 million in the second year, which means in 2019 mm-hmm. – we're going to be paying this year's first-round draft pick, either Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson, more than that. Probably looking at about five and a half, maybe five, actually, right? And mm-hmm. then we're going to be paying our 2019 first-round draft pick. Let's say the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl in 2018 with Cameron Brait and James has egg on his face as everybody told you they should have brought him back for that exact reason because he caught the game-winning touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in the Super Bowl. The 32nd overall swim pick. swim in that egg. The 32nd overall pick in last year's draft made $1.6 million in, in his first year. That's Ryan Ramchek from the New Orleans Saints, right? So that's another that's another more than $6 million that the Buccaneers are going to have to shell out, which puts us okay. at below $20 million. And you know how okay. many players are on the roster in 2019 with those numbers? You don't. 40. I have in front of me. 28. So you're talking about signing 25 more players for less than a million dollars per contract. 25 more active players. Yeah. That doesn't include practice squad players. And that doesn't include rounds two through seven. That doesn't include Le'Veon Bell. That doesn't include Ezekiel Anza. It doesn't include Jermaine mm-hmm. Johnson. It doesn't include anybody. 
All right. And so that's our extra. That's the game I wanted to play because that's the number I want to drop on everybody. This is not about hating Cameron Bright, but that's what you're looking at. Those are very real numbers because these are numbers I put together. Right. Okay, and then now you guys minute, either minute, matched minute, or went above. Right. But but let's let's go back to that, David. Yep. What was the number for Cameron Bright? Yes, that's exactly what I was just about to ask you. So we're on the same page there. So James put Cameron Bright at eight million a year. So where would you put Cameron Bright? Uh I I would think Cam probably comes in around the five or six, to be honest with you. Um, okay. I, I think he should make comparative money, but I, you know, Jason's going to leverage that. Uh, he he was an undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know where Zach Ertz was drafted or or the other guy that you compared him to. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, you know, here's the deal: if Cam Brake goes back out and has you know another terrific, amazing year this year, mm-hmm. uh, it's only going to help his case, you know. Right. Um, but you know, for, for what they're doing, yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to be that high. Um, but I think he'll be, I think he'll be up there. I do think the Bucks probably put a second round tender off on him. Although I would love to see that first round tender just to kind of dare people to come get him. But I, I think realistically it's probably a second round. So I think at a second round tender, he's going to have some, some calls. I think some people are going to give him phone calls and, and see, mm-hmm. you know, see what's what. They're going to shake some things loose. A first round tender, I think, pretty much closes the door. Nobody's touching him. Just not because Cam Brate's not worth the first rounder necessarily, but I mean, a, a tight end who, like you said, mm-hmm. has undrafted history. Um, his usage rate, which I'm about to get into, isn't all that high. Um, so looking at five million a year, uh, Brent. So five million a year, you're looking at Rhett Ellison, Vernon Davis, and Jared Cook. Uh, okay. See, and this is where this is where the undrafted argument kind of gets to me. To me, once you're drafted or once you're signed as an undrafted free agent, that status can can pretty much go out the window after your second, third season. Once you've started being a productive NFL player, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter where you were drafted anymore. We see first round picks who fizzle out of the league in two, three, four years. And we see fifth and sixth round picks, Tom Brady, Richard Sherman, Rob Gronkowski. They -hmm. get massive amounts of money because they, they come in and they produce in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell is about to be the highest paid running back in NFL history. What round was he drafted in? He's a third third. one. You know, John Randall is Mm -hmm. in the hall of fame. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't John Randall an undrafted player? So I don't think that the undrafted argument works at this level anymore once they get into those negotiations because camera break and say, you know what? Good on you for trusting in me, believing in me, giving me a chance when no one else wanted to draft me, but I'm putting up elite touchdown numbers for tight ends. I'm your most reliable target on third down when your quarterback needs help. I deserve to be mm-hmm. paid as such. Now, and, and, and Brent, I get where you're coming from, but even adding mm-hmm. $5 million to that cap, right? And this is kind of what I want everybody to understand. Even adding five more million dollars, or uh, not five, three more million dollars to that cap, you're still sitting at $25 yeah. million to fill yeah. out a roster that has 28 players on it. And we're not even talking yet. So at the end of the 2019 season, or I'm sorry, in, in, in 2020, we've got – uh, Noah Spence is going to be a free agent that year. And, you know, I, I got it. He has a shoulder injury, but we don't know what he's going to become yet. Ryan Smith 
there's some potential there. I'm not talking big money, but there's some money that you're you might want to throw down on him if he continues to develop. Caleb Beninock has shown flashes of being a solid, you know, depth piece for the future. So there's still some free agents. And again, we're not even talking about the draft picks that are going to develop in the meantime and, and all and all that craziness. So it's just well, from a, David, from a, David, I'll give you another guy. I'll give you another guy who is going to command a crap ton of money because of his position. And you know, whether Bucks fans like it or not, we are going to keep this guy, and it's Donovan Smith. Yeah, we didn't even talk left, about left Donovan. I left him all on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't like him, even if yeah. mediocre. Even paying an average left tackle, you're paying a, a ton right. of money. Um, right. So looking at this list, guys, um, I, I, again, this is not something I prepped for, but since it came up in the conversation, from what I see, okay, so don't quote me on this, but I think I'm, I'm pretty confident what I'm about to say. The lowest paying starting tight end, is Jared Cook starting in Oakland? Mm. Okay, so lowest, <laughs> the lowest paid oh, starting no, tight end that not, I know for sure is starting is Julius Thomas at $6.1 million in Miami um, as of right now. And, and again, you know, I, I, I'm not an agent. I'm not going to be in the room when negotiations happen. But kind of what, mm-hmm. what James was going off of, I, just, I look at it as the Buccaneers are not going to want to pay him starting money because they're going to have O.J. Howard. And, and I, I kind of went deeper on this. So O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate last year, um, O.J. Howard played – 22 more snaps on offense than Cameron Brate did. Not a huge difference, right? And I know Cameron Brate was was banged up throughout the season, but OJ Howard also missed the last two games of the year completely. So given a 14-game season, OJ Howard outsnapped Cameron Brate as a rookie and had 160 fewer yards on 22 fewer catches. So that's why when you ask the question of who are you keeping long-term, Cam Brady or O.J. Howard, I said O.J. immediately just because, one, the youth, mm-hmm. two, the potential, and three, already the proven playmaking ability. I know a couple of those were blown coverages by Buffalo, but you know I'm still going to give him and, and the offense credit for for executing and, and all that. He even said it himself uh, when I talked to him earlier this this year that those those catches are sometimes the hardest ones because nobody's around you and you know it. Um, you have so, to think too much. All right, and yeah. you don't draft a tight end in the first round without planning on that guy being your tight end in the future. So that's kind of where the yeah. trade conversation comes in because if Cameron yeah. Brate plays under his tender, like so basically at this point in time, James and I don't believe there's any way the Buccaneers can justify paying Cameron Brate the money he is going to demand on the open market and he knows he's going to demand on the open market and continue to keep their team intact without putting themselves in some serious salary cap problems. So the trade conversation oh, uh, comes in. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, uh, I mean, if you want to finish that, I've got a uh, uh, maybe a devil's advocate point. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. To, That's to why we brought you on, buddy. Okay. Because uh, here's the thing. Uh, you know, you guys are talking about eight. I was saying five or six, and you, you can make that argument. Here's the deal. The difference of that is, what, two, three million dollars a year? Yep. Um, even, even with Cam Braid at eight million dollars a year for a couple of years, Listen, when you're talking about the kind of salary cap deal that we're that we're in right now with what we've got to do, a couple of million you were talking a couple of million dollars at this point. Um, if you need that to keep a guy like Cameron Bright, you're going to find it. You know, because that's that's when we start talking about other cap casualties. You know, maybe it's a bye bye Robert Ayers, maybe it's a bye bye, yeah. uh, you know, somebody else. And I know, I know, I mean. You know, this is Mike Greenberg's job is to sit there and do it. We're not going to solve it on a podcast, right? Right. Um, 
you know, but there, you know, and you didn't even get into it. And I know you said you weren't getting into it, but the whole front loading, back loading, mm-hmm. um, you know, so even, even with your example, if you give a 10, $15 million wiggle room for how they may finagle it, um, you know, it, the, the devil's advocate in me just kind of goes, yeah, but even at $8 million for Cambrate a year, given everything else going on, that's not a lot, like comparatively speaking. So, you know, if they really want Cambrate, they're going to find a way to keep him, even with all of those numbers. I believe they can keep him for 2018. I don't believe if they if they keep him on a three or even a five year deal at mm-hmm. the money that he's going to demand in the open market because they're not going to franchise tag him. But so once he gets done with his tender year, he's going to hit the open market. He's going to negotiate, and a team like New England or a team like San Francisco or someone's going to offer him that eight eight point five even nine. You know, if uh, heaven help us all mm-hmm. if he goes out and balls out in 2018, like. Every touchdown, every great play, when you celebrate it, you might want to cry a little bit because that's just one more notch towards him walking out the door of one buck place. Um, okay, one one more question then for you. Uh-huh. So he's, let's say he stays for 2018. He's gone in 2019. Yep. Are you okay at that point with the senior member in your tight end room being Alan Cross? Think about it. I think it, it, <laughs> that, that's I think at that point. member in the tight end room. Yeah. Yeah, I, and and that's a that's a fair point for sure. But I think mm-hmm. by time that rolls around, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the league. I mean, the the senior member in the quarterback room, Winston's rookie year was Mike Glennon. You know, last year was Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's but fair. who does everybody who, who does everybody look to? Yeah, right. You know, that's a fair point. Yeah. Then, and OJ Howard will be in his third year at that point, right? Exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. He's going to be the voice. Fair. He's going to be the leader that everyone's going to turn to. Right. Uh, that's why he's a first round pick. Yeah. And that and that's exactly like Alan Cross being the senior guy as far as, you know, time time in, in the league, obviously. But I think in the in the pecking order of seniority, OJ Howard is, is gonna be that senior guy in there, obviously. Um and yeah, I would be okay with that going into end of year three. And of course all of this is, you know, is is a wash if OJ Howard goes out next year and lays a duck or if, you know, what whatever. So um at this point it's all speculation. But the the real thing is just Again, we just wanted to to make everybody understand kind of how this whole thing works and how this whole thing lays out. It's it's layers, right? It's not it's not just talking about 2018. It's it's talking about 1920 and, and beyond that. If this team believes that they're in their window, that now is the time to strike because now is the time we can get that trophy. Then by all means, like you said, Brent, free up some money somewhere else, stack the contract however you need to, throw that eight million at Cameron Bray so you can go two tight ends hot. And 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 run the playoffs and and get to the Super Bowl because at the end of the day, and James, I think you and I talked about this as well in 2020 when this team is in salary cap hell and can't resign a key player, everybody's still going to be happy they won a, a Super Bowl in 2019, 2020, whatever it is. Um, but just there there were some readers who and and don't be wrong, we we appreciate all the feedback, but there were some readers who kind of just threw it out the window and said, "There's no way this could possibly ever happen." Well, there is a way. You may not like it. We don't like it. James didn't like writing it. I promise you, we don't like talking sure. about it right now. But just these are kind of the realities of things. And that's kind of what we're here to do is not just throw up pom-poms and make everybody feel good. But we're also here to kind of sell some of the truths that aren't necessarily uh, uh, comfortable. Because, Brent, I got roasted last year when I mentioned that Adam Humphreys probably isn't going to be a Buccaneer past 2019. Actually, no, we did a roundtable on that. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. And every one of our writers said that the Buccaneers or that Adam Humphreys probably wouldn't be a Buccaneer past 2019 for the exact same reasons you just said. 
Um, and yeah. we got roasted for that one too. So again, uh, we had some guys threaten to leave the site. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's free will, right? Do whatever you want, but we want you to stay. We want you to keep reading, but just understand mm-hmm. there is a thought process behind why uh, we're writing things. We write and saying the things we say, and hopefully this little exercise kind of helped display some of those. Even if at the end of the day, like Brent, you're just like, I don't care. Figure it out. Keep them. I'm down with that. Yeah. Uh, but now, you know, I mean, now for that, and this might discredit everything, you know, that all the goodwill I may have built up. Uh, I I don't necessarily think the Bucks should uh, do whatever it takes to reassign Cameron Bray mm-hmm. for for some issues that we, or, you know, things we've already discussed. Of it's possible there's just too much in the cupboard. You know, it's it, we have OJ Howard. You know, do we need two? highly paid caliber tight end when we can have two, you know, one really, really, really good one and another pretty good one. Right. right. And if Jason you White know? is sitting in his office looking at this saying, I can't pay Cameron Bray $8 million a, a year starting in 2019 to keep him on this squad with all the contracts we have. And so if I get a call for a second round draft pick or better, we're going to, we're going to look into it. But if I get a call for a third round draft pick or worse, because if Cam Bray leaves after his tender year, and goes out and, and balls out. The Bucks are probably getting a third round compensatory pick. Agreed. Potentially, yeah. Potentially, that's what it's potentially it might be that high, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, so that's where kind of the line is, right? So if I think, and I don't know the history of compensatory picks, I haven't looked at it, but let's say you know we go back and do that research. And I'm sure Jason's got that research. Tight ends only get fourth, maybe fifth round compensatory picks. Well, it, it, it it's all based on how much how much players leaving your team are getting paid exactly. versus how much you're paying for free agents. Look how much Mike Glennon got yeah. on the open market. And we did not receive a compensatory pick for him. Right. You know, so, there is absolutely zero guarantee, you know, Cam break could go out and become the highest paid tight end in the NFL. That doesn't mean the bucks are even going to get so much as a seventh round compensatory pick for him. Right. But the highest you're going is third. They don't award anything higher than third. So right. if you get a call for anything third or higher, you got to listen. You got to listen. Let's say you got to pull the trigger, but you got to listen. I mean, what if the Buffalo hear, Bills hear, offer you their David 22nd going, pick overall? You got a price. You got a price. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it goes back to an episode that David and I did last week, the cover three article by our, our good friend, Trevor Sykema. At the end of the day, would, would Bucks fans rather have Cameron Brait or would you rather have Le'Veon Bell? I I got to take Le'Veon Bell at this point. Yeah, exactly. And, and if, based off the numbers we just laid out, you can't sign Bell and sign Bray. Right, it's going to work. And, if, and you know, and listen, and he, and here's the thing: what we're discussing here, this is exactly why the salary cap exists. Right? Exactly, like to create parity in the league, to create one, you know, to stop one team from, be, you know, gathering the top players from the entire league and basically becoming the league's all-star team. It's you know, stopping the NFL from being the NBA. Yes, or, or the baseball. Or baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, I mean, it, it does. So this is why it exists. This is what, what makes it there. And listen, the Bucks are, they have to play by the rules just like the other teams do. And, you know, unless we can convince Jameis to do what Tom Brady does, which by the way, it's possible. It's possible. It is possible. <laughs> it, that Jameis, you know, just the kind of kind of guy he is, you know, if he takes, you know, less of a salary so that we can pay some other people, it could happen. Um, yeah, in fact, didn't he didn't he say 
back when they were talking about maybe drafting Dalvin Cook, like take some of my salary to pay him or something like that. Uh, that sounds familiar, but I can't remember. Exactly. I could believe Jameis would do it, though. I mean, yeah, I do too. Yeah, but I, think, I, I still think Jameis gets thirty million a year. I yeah. I have no doubt that, that he'll he'll climb to that. Um, he, he will be the highest paid quarterback mm-hmm. when he signs, whatever yes. time that is. Because at the same time, it's a, it's like a little bit of what Le'Veon is saying, uh, which, you know, I don't know Le'Veon Bell as a person, so I don't know how much of it is truth and how much it is posturing. But, you know, he's seeking the money he's seeking, not just for himself, but for his position, for his 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 counterparts on other teams, for the rookies that are coming in, for the Saquon Barkley's of the world, because he knows how short their careers can be and they need to get paid. So, you know, and, and James kind of has that same fraternal kind of responsibility to the quarterbacks of the world, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But like you said, Tom Brady doesn't care about that, and and maybe Jameis won't care about it either. But it's all to be seen in the future. Fair enough. All right, guys. Well, anything else for the uh, the good of the order here before I go back to being roasted with people hoping my head is placed on a stake on social media? Oh, remember, we also didn't bring back Brent Grimes in this scenario, and Rube. that's still up in the air too. Yeah, didn't sign Ziggy Ansa, didn't sign Tremaine Johnson, didn't, you know, didn't sign any of these guys. It's the defense that needs help. And and as much as it sucks, uh, you know, the NFL is a business at the end of the day, and it's all about dollars, and there's a certain amount the Bucks can spend. And yeah, I mean, we're we're all in agreement. We would love to see Cameron Brate be here for the next four, five, six, seven, eight years to be a tandem with OJ Howard. That would be an incredible thing to watch. Um, it's just a matter of what's it gonna cost the Bucks, both in terms of dollars and sacrificing talent elsewhere in order to make that happen. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, the, like, like Brent alluded to earlier in the episode, he, he came out and said last year was all about weapons for Winston. Well, now we need weapons on defense. You need edge mm-hmm. rushers, you need defensive tackles. And, and like you said, Brent, you could find some of that extra money by sending Robert Ayers away. And we're talking about cutting Chris Baker and all that. Well, in order to save that money for Bray, now you, have more positions that you have to fill. They're already thin at defensive end. They're already thin at defensive tackle. They're thin at corner. There's correct me if I'm wrong. We have one safety under contract right now. Two. We have uh Conte's under contract as well. We're Is he and Evans. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I didn't I think thought, he was but... either last week when we talked to him. Let me see. I thought Conte had only signed a one year deal. Okay. So you have two safeties under contract. So now you need two more. Yeah. You know, these are all things that have to be filled. And if, if you're cutting those players to keep someone on the offensive side, that's less money you have to spend on the defensive side. You're losing out on a defensive end. You're losing out on a corner. You're losing out on the weaker side of the football that needs to be addressed. So it's, I do not envy Jason light or, or Mike Greenberg at all in, in the job that they have ahead of them in order to keep the Buccaneers, you know, competitive you and know. keep their job. You know what floors me about this conversation right now, though, James, and, and it's going to continue to floor me all offseason long, is because I remember getting towards tra- training camp and thinking how this team was so stacked top to bottom, both sides yep. of the ball. Yeah. And yep. now we're saying, oh, my gosh, look at all the holes we have across the team. And you're right, because there's also still holes on the offense that need to be filled in, too. For yeah. sure. You know, it's not just the defense. Like, offense is doing okay, but there's still holes. Defense – you really need some help except for maybe the linebacker position. Um, you know, but the, uh, yeah, it just, it's crazy to me how we went from being so close to being, 
not quite as close as we thought we were. <laughs> uh, and as I said on one of my shows, you know, truthfully, uh, and I'm hoping, but I don't know, hopefully the team is not as far away as we feel like it is right now. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, uh, what a difference a year makes, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, I think that's going to, uh, to wrap it up for this episode. Brent, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Really appreciate yeah, it. You. We, uh, we enjoyed having you on made for a fun conversation. Yeah. Glad to do it guys. Uh, any, anytime we can jump in, I'm, I'm always happy to do it. All right. And of course you can find Brent on Twitter at Brent Allen live. And of course at the pewter cast and make sure you, you are subscribing to the pewter pewter cast trying to talk too fast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you can you can check that out on on your podcatcher of choice. He and Ren do a great job over there and have a lot of fun listening to them. It, it definitely helps my workday go by faster. So I'm looking forward to listening to your episode on on Monday. Um, yeah, hear hear what you guys have to say, especially about uh, Swaggy Baker. I'm intrigued now. That was a that was yeah. a nice yeah, tease. This, yeah, this new one's kind of one of our buck in the news type shows where we just kind of recap all the news. And I, if I remember right, that conversation came out of talking about Mike Evans' contract. Uh, and, and some of the other pieces. So uh, we had a couple rabbit trails that trailed into some of the other players. But, uh, you know, now the, the Mike Evans piece, there's a little highlight. You know, Mike Evans' agents, like, Mike Evans is a top five player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we battle the question, is Mike Evans even a top five receiver? Hmm. I definitely want to hear that part player, of the conversation. Receiver. So it was a great conversation. Uh, like I said, it, it'll by the time people are listening to this, it should be out. So uh, once you're done listening to this, go over and listen to that one. And, uh subscribe like rate review all that kind of fun stuff with uh, yeah I'll, see you guys there i'll be interested to hear that debate because david and i fall on different sides of that debate <laughs> so all right make sure that you check out everything that brent is doing over at the pewter cast on twitter at the pewter cast at brent allen live and you can check out everything that we're doing over at the pewterplank.com and follow us on twitter at locked on bucks at the pewter plank at jyarko underscore bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks we'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here on locked on bucks Collect calls to the tilt, saying how you change. Oh, you a Muslim now? No more dope games. Heard you might be coming home, just got bail. Wanna go to the mosque, don't wanna chase tail. It seems I lost my little heart.